98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. A showdown looms at this afternoon's House Committee between rival camps after another meeting failed to elect a chair. The Liberal Party brands the government's move to hand out free reusable masks a PR disaster. And the government rejects allegations that it misled the public by claiming that the masks contain an award-winning anti-pollution technology. Civic Party lawmaker Dennis Kwok says he hopes no one gets hurt at this afternoon's House Committee meeting. A showdown is expected at between lawmakers from rival camps after a 45-minute meeting this morning failed again to elect a chairman. Lawmakers spent the time discussing whether former chairperson, the DAB Starry Lee, had the authority to chair this afternoon's meeting. She wants the meeting to discuss conflicting legal advice over her authority, but Dennis Kwok said he would chair this afternoon's meeting and it would start with the election. I ought to be because um, in accordance with the rules of procedure, the first order of business should always be the election of the chairman. And until that is done, that should be the only order of business and the first order of business for any House committee meeting. So in accordance with the rules of procedure, if the chairman of the House committee, i.e. Starry Lee, is being nominated for office, then um, as the deputy uh, chairman, I am the presiding member. So that is the rules of procedure. Starry Lee said she was still the committee chairperson until the next one was elected and her her powers came from LegCo and House Committee rules. The afternoon section, uh, one of the most important things uh, is to let our team, including LegCo uh, legal counsel, to give her view. Therefore, I would like to urge all members to remain calm and let this meeting to carry on so that general public can understand what is the view from our legal counsel. The convener of the pro-government camp, Martin Liao, says Mr Kwok's ruling is invalid, saying he only has the authority to handle the chairman election. He says people who obstruct the afternoon meeting should be prepared to face the legal consequences and it's for the LegCo security to take action. Because he's not... Uh, the chairman of the House Committee, and he, can, he has no power to set agenda and to decide which item goes into the agenda or the priority of the items. So he has no power to do that. So his declaration is meaningless, it's ineffective, and it's unlawful. The Secretary for Innovation and Technology, Alfred Sitt, has dismissed allegations that the government misled the public by claiming its free reusable masks contain an award-winning anti-pollution technology. Priscilla Ng reports. Mr Sitt told lawmakers at a special finance committee meeting that the CU mask didn't have the award-winning technology because it wouldn't last for up to 60 washes. But he said the inner layers of the mask, which contain antibacteria copper elements, were derived from the same technology. He said the mask offered sufficient protection and he would invite experts to better explain it to the public. The government had earlier claimed that the design of the CU mask, developed by the Hong Kong Research Institute of Textiles and Apparel, won a gold medal at the Geneva International Exhibition of Inventions. Mr. Sitt even displayed the award certificate at a press conference several days ago. The Lan Kwai Fong Association says at least four of the 100 bars and businesses in its area have closed down amid the coronavirus pandemic. This comes as a one-month closure of leisure venues is lifted today. Vicky Wong reports. Following an easing of the government's pandemic measures from midnight, venues such as bars, cinemas, gyms and beauty salons are reopening after a month's closure. The association director of the Lan Kwai Fong Association, Anthea Chung, told an RTHK radio programme that most of the bars in its district in Central will reopen today. 
But over the past few months, some landlords had been unwilling to reduce rents, and at least four businesses had closed. Ms. Chang also said bars will follow social distancing rules and not hold live performances. She said it may be difficult for staff to enforce some regulations, such as getting customers to wear masks when they finish eating and drinking. Overseas now, nearly 300 Rohingya Muslims have been picked up at sea by the Bangladeshi Navy, which said the migrants were crammed onto a small boat and starving. Bangladesh said they'd been provided with food, water and first aid and were being towed to an island where they'd be allowed to disembark. It's thought they came from Myanmar, where Rohingyas have few rights. A founder of the pro-democracy Occupy movement, Chan Kin Man, says he believes Beijing is determined to kill one country, two systems, saying it's obvious that it will use whatever means it can to crack down on the democracy movement. Mr Chan was released from prison in March after spending 11 months behind bars for his role in the 2014 Occupy protests. Speaking after a radio programme, he says the SAR government repeatedly violated past practice by banning peaceful protest. He also says the recent arrest of 15 pro-democracy leaders shows the central government isn't afraid of international criticism. They understood clearly that how the community and even the international community support people like Martini, Margaret, and they're not afraid to send a message to the world that they are determined to crack down on any opposition. So in a way, they are killing the one country, two system. Overseas again, Brazil has reported more than 600 new deaths caused by the coronavirus, one of its worst days yet. As a political row deepens over lockdown measures, more than 9,000 people have died of COVID-19 in Brazil. Here's the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. The Brazilian government has warned that the country is facing economic collapse if the lockdown imposed by regional governors and mayors remains in place. The economy minister, Paulo Guedes, said Brazilians would have to deal with food shortages and social unrest in a month's time. Mr Guedes joined President Jair Bolsonaro and some of his supporters in an unscheduled visit to try to persuade the head of the Supreme Court to order an end to the quarantine across the country. The court ruled at the beginning of the pandemic that local authorities would have a final say on measures to curb the spread of the virus. Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has announced a fund of more than two billion US dollars to boost the pay of essential frontline staff, such as care home workers, during the pandemic. The money will be shared among the ten provinces, which will determine exactly who will receive the extra money. Mr Trudeau said the workers, often in minimum wage jobs, deserved a pay rise. Today I can announce that we have an agreement with all the provinces and territories to provide a wage top-up for essential workers for Canadians who are being called to work to go to work every day, for Canadians who are providing us with essential services so we can continue to keep our families safe and healthy. Republican lawmakers in the U.S. are trying to rename the street in front of the Chinese embassy in Washington after the whistleblower who first warned about the coronavirus. The proposal tabled in Congress would see the street renamed Lee Wenliang Plaza. Dr. Lee raised the alarm in December but was reprimanded by police. He died from the illness in February. North Korean state media say leader Kim Jong-un has sent a verbal message to President Xi Jinping after weeks of speculation about Mr. Kim's health. The news agency said the message was over the fact that China is registering success in preventing coronavirus infections. Rumours about Mr. Kim's health have been swirling since his absence from April celebrations to mark the birthday of his grandfather, the North's founder. 
The woman who's accused the former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden of sexually assaulting her 27 years ago has called on him to withdraw from the race to be president. Tara Reid, a former Senate aide to Mr. Biden, was asked in an interview with the journalist Megan Kelly what she would want to say to Mr. Biden. You and I were there, Joe Biden. Please step forward and be held accountable. You should not be running on character for the president of the United States. You want him to withdraw? I wish he would, but he won't, but I wish he would. That's how I feel emotionally. Do you want an apology? I think it's a little late. Ms. Reid filed a criminal complaint against the Democratic Party candidate last month, although the statute of limitations has run out. Mr. Biden has strongly denied the allegations. International campaigners are calling for credit card companies to stop all payments to the pornography industry. The campaigners, some of them faith-based, made their appeal in an open letter. Here's the BBC's Megan Moen. Campaign groups from five continents and 11 countries want the world's largest credit card companies, including MasterCard, Visa and American Express, to block all payments made to pornography sites. The groups claim it's impossible to verify consent on the websites, making them a target for child abusers and sex traffickers. Named in the letter is Pornhub, the world's biggest pornography website that was visited 42 billion times last year. Pornhub said the claims in the letter were false and intentionally misleading. The Ministry of Commerce says Chinese and U.S. trade representatives have agreed to create favourable conditions for the Phase 1 trade deal signed in January. Despite recent tensions over the pandemic, Vice Premier Liu He held a call this morning with U.S. trade representative Robert Lighthizer and U.S. Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin. The ride-hailing company Uber has reported a sharp decline in earnings because of the pandemic. It lost nearly three billion U.S. dollars in the first quarter of this year because of a collapse in demand for its services. Here's the BBC's Zoe Thomas. Uber is no stranger to losses. It has never reported a quarterly profit. But last December, its chief executive, Dara Rashahi told investors Uber would be profitable by the end of 2020. Coronavirus will make that goal harder to reach. Rides for Uber were down 5% in the first three months of this year. Uber Eats, the company's food delivery service, did have a 50% growth over that same time. But that section of the business brings in far less money than the taxi service. A top executive of the China Travel Service says Hong Kong and Macau should consider creating a travel bubble similar to the trans-Tasman model planned by Australia and New Zealand. Canberra and Wellington recently agreed to allow people to f- people flow between the two countries as soon as it's safe. A deputy chairman of China Travel Service, Perry Yu, said the two SARs should consider lifting current quarantine measures for each other because they haven't reported a single locally transmitted COVID-19 case in weeks. He said that would help eject life back into the tourism sector and if the plan goes well, it could be extended to Shenzhen. To finance now in currencies, the US dollar is trading at 106.33 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 8 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 80 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,219, 238 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $52 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. We start with American football. The Kansas City Chiefs will begin their Super Bowl title defense with a Thursday night season opener at home against the Houston Texans on the 10th of September. 
Schedule for the 2020 season was announced today as the NFL aims to fulfill its commitment to play the season in its entirety. More from our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich. The NFL making that announcement this week that they will start the season on time, September 10th, and coming out with the schedule today. That's big news for、uh, sports fans in America, and of course, given the NFL's prominence.、Uh, the big news also for the NFL is that this season marks the first time in 30 years that the、uh, playoff format will be expanded. It's going to go from 12 teams to 14 teams. That means. One extra wild card game. It was 1990 when it was expanded from 10 to 12 teams, and a, and a, a larger playoff format. It's it's somewhat、uh, somewhat interesting, but of course, given the extent that how people enjoy the playoffs, it will it will certainly resonate with fans. So so very good news for the NFL. And of course, as of now, doesn't look like there'll be any fans in the stadiums. But let's see what happens、uh, since we're several months out. Football in Europe is returning next weekend with the German Bundesliga, becoming the first European league to resume its season following the COVID-19 shutdown. But not all players are excited about returning to the pitch while society is still dealing with the coronavirus. Union Berlin's Serbian defender Nevan Sabatic says the resumption of fixtures makes him uneasy. I mean, in a crisis, you don't want to hear uh, uh, in two weeks、uh, there's going to be a decision. In two weeks, there's going to be a decision. The approach has been to come back to the league as soon as possible, and also mainly the financial、um, aspects were always being highlighted. Hopes of restarting the Italian Serie A season have taken a double blow. With Fiorentina and Sampdoria returning positive COVID-19 tests, three Fiorentina players and three members of the club staff have tested positive and are isolating, while Sampdoria announced that they have four players infected. Serie A clubs have been given permission to resume training, although players can only train individually. English Premier League clubs have discussed increasing the variety of kickoff times if the season resumes. Project Restart involves the league returning in June and finishing by the end of July to fit in with UEFA's European competition plans. Talks are also ongoing with broadcasters, the government, and clubs about showing some empty stadium games on free-to-air TV. And as you look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A showdown looms at this afternoon's House Committee between rival camps. After another meeting failed to elect a chair, the Liberal Party brands the government's move to hand out free reusable masks a PR disaster, and the government rejects allegations that it misled the public by claiming the masks con- masks contain an award-winning anti-pollution technology. The news from RTHK. Some.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Friday afternoon. Friday the 8th of May is today's date. It's a Friday. Yay, guys. Many thanks to Phil for the morning brew. We do have a busy show for you. Just after half past one, we're going to be talking to jazz musician Nate Wong. And Nate will be chatting a little bit more about the impact of COVID-19 on the local music scene. That's at half past one. And after two o'clock, it's time for the Agenda Cafe. Karen Ko and myself will be chatting with Catherine Gerton. She's the CEO of Pathfinders Hong Kong.